Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Have you ever been in a situation where you go to work and there is this person, this person who just seems to have their eye on you, they seem to be singling you out, and sometimes you feel paranoid, but what if it's real? Well, my guest today had something happen that indeed was real. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how she noticed it, how she experienced it, and how she overcame it to have a very, very successful consulting company. We're going to talk with Christy Lawler soon. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If you're coming back, it means you found something of value, and I'm happy about that. And if you just found me, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. You can make sure we stay on the air by adding your $1 to $5, $10 a month to support the podcast. Patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. And we're going to be talking today with Christy Lawler. You can see her beautiful face right there, all ready to talk. And we're going to be talking about past experiences and how they impact your sense of self, your sense of self-esteem, your worth. And especially today, we're going to talk about if that happened, if there was difficulty, abuse, whatever, in the workplace. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Well, I heard you talk before about what you had gone through, and I thought, oh, this is really a good thing for everyone to hear. And I'm so glad you accepted my invitation to share it, because there are many people who keep abuse to themselves. Things happen, and they think, oh, especially we women, that, oh, well, we're just supposed to suck it up, right? Suck it up, carry on, make us stronger, make us better. No, (laughs) not healthy, not a good thing to do. So let me tell everybody about you. Christy is the founder and owner of a marketing agency. It's called CJL Consults. And she's the founder also of the company's nonprofit arm, the Witty Group, W-I-T-I Group. She's the host of Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream podcast, the Witty Conference, and creator of Witty on the Web educational webinar series. And she's having all the joys and excitement of publishing her first book. So welcome. Thank you so much. Wow, that makes me sound really busy. (laughs) Well, you probably are very busy. (laughs) And we're talking about externally busy, but... When we've had things happen in our past, we get internally busy too. And some people try to suppress it. That doesn't work so well. So let's start just because people might be interested. What does WITI stand for? 
So Witty, W-I-T-I, is women in the industry. And I just, I like witty as a way to describe someone. I like people that are full of wit. I find it to be educated sarcasm. So I thought, what better way to describe who we are and what we're doing than to define ourselves as witty? And I was like, women in the industry, it's really easy. (laughs) (laughs) And which industry is that? Uh, We're all food and beverage service, hospitality industry. Okay. Because I know when I read it, I thought, am I confusing this with women in technology? Because they also use that. Okay, so here we are. We're in, you're in an industry, you're very specialized, and I'm sure there are good reasons for that. But let's go way, way back to something that happened to you that caused me to want to help you bring your story to people, to help them to recognize because I've had someone else on the show before, not so long ago, um, Michelle PW, we talked about toxicity in the workplace and she was young when it happened to her and of course inexperienced in the workplace. And so very much a big question, should this be happening? Is it really happening? Is it me? What was your story? That uh, all of that, I can relate to every single piece of that because I wasn't that young when this particular instance happened, but this was the most pivotal of all of the experiences that I'd had. Um, But I was sexually assaulted repeatedly by a client over the course of, gosh, it was a year, year and a half, 18 months. I don't know. Honestly, the time frame isn't important, but it started the day that, almost pretty much the day that we first met. And it kept escalating and they knew it was happening. And I said, well, and they were like, you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on this? Like, are you uncomfortable? And I'm like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, but let me try to handle this. Right. I'm, I'm a strong woman. I'm 27 years old. I think I know everything. I don't, I don't know everything. And I certainly didn't know how to handle this. Um, I thought I did. I thought I could. I tried diplomacy. I tried reasoning with him. I tried scolding. I tried everything. And at one point I even said, listen, you don't know me that well. You have no idea if I'm a litigious person. You don't want this going around. This isn't good for either of us. Makes me look bad. Makes you look awful. Stop. Start respecting me. Even that didn't work. And finally, it just, it got to the point where I went in to the CEO and the VP at the time in the company. And I was like, I got to come off this account. I I've tried everything. I know I said, I thought I could handle it. And I wanted to try, I wanted to learn something. Um, but it's not working. And I've, I've gone down every road that I can think of going down short of actually striking him when he does this. He was putting his hands everywhere. Nothing about what, uh, it, it, it wasn't okay. And I, I knew that I hadn't done anything to deserve it. I knew it wasn't my fault deep down, but I was afraid that people would think that I had done something, that I'd said something or worn something or drank too much, whatever it was, you know, there's a lot of, we call it slut shaming, right? There's a lot of that in uh, across the board. And I don't think it's any industry specific, but I was afraid of, of adding to my stress by being slut shamed. 
for coming yeah, I can see that um, and adding to your stress by putting up with it and adding to your stress by trying to deal with it and adding to your stress by putting on a show that you could handle it. <laughs> I mean, so many pieces of it. And I can understand completely because as you said, you're 27, you're doing well in work. You want to put on a good performance. You want people to think you got things handled. And then you got somebody who's trying to handle things, right? <laughs> and yeah. you know, I, I'm hearing you you talk, Christine, I'm thinking Harvey Weinstein, Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about those stories. And for any of you who have the fortitude to watch Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix, do that. It's very important to realize how these people work. Yes. And so, yes, that wasn't part of what was going on for you, but I really want to jump to that and invite everyone to watch that because people are devious. People are manipulative mm -hmm. and people are betrayers and predators. And it's very important to know because a little thing in your story was I told him to stop. He didn't care. No. <laughs> I'm doing care. what I'm doing and I'm getting away with it and I'm getting what I want. I don't care what she says. Yeah. And you brought up another piece, which probably is more applicable to women in the workplace than men, because it's that thing that you did. You second guessed yourself. Did I bring this on? Did I flirt? Are my clothes appropriate? Did I stay out too late? Did I drink too much? Did I lead him on? What did I do? And with all the media attention on, all the ridiculous, especially right now, I heard that there was some lawmaker who suggested, you know, that women deserve to be raped because they ask for it. And we're still at that place in 2020. I mean, it's craziness. So I could imagine that you're thinking, okay, let me make sure that I am clean and clear with everything that I'm doing. And even at that, short of hitting him, you could not get his attention that this was going nowhere good. Yeah. Now, looking back on that, Christy, what would you do now if you were in that situation? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, because eh, I was interviewed on this topic too. I, I didn't stand up for myself. I thought I did, but I didn't well enough. I was, when it came down to it, I was given a choice. I was told I could stop talking about it or I could just quit my job, but I wasn't, I wasn't coming off the account. The workload was too big. No one else could handle it. And they paid our company more than my company paid me. <laughs> so when it came down to it, I wasn't worth it to them. And that was the part that hurt me. Now this person I would be like, okay, then peace, have fun try finding someone to do my job. But I didn't because I wasn't getting paid very much. And I was like really struggling with the mortgage. And, you know, we were, we were, my husband and I were still relatively young. We had just bought our first house. Didn't have the financial ability to just walk away out of pure mm -hmm. pride. So I made a safer choice in one sense, but a more dangerous choice in the other sense. I didn't stand up for myself. I taught myself a hard lesson that day, but that is the beautiful thing about it is I taught myself a really hard lesson. 
And what do we learn when we teach ourselves something new? How not to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's very useful because, you know, you now have a tool in your toolkit. But I just want to go back a bit because these are very instructional pieces, particularly for young women coming into the workplace. And of course, it happens to men. I don't mean to suggest in any way that men are exempt. It happens in a bit different way often, but similarly. And this power over business, this power over extended beyond the perpetrator in this case to being abused by your employer because your employer chose the client over you. Yeah, it uh, that hurt. Mm, I'm sure it did. So there you are doing everything you can, and no pun intended, to please the client, keep the client happy, make sure that you had the account in order, and they were very satisfied. And the client is looking for a different kind of satisfaction. And that is just such double jeopardy, because these two options that your employer gave you are just unacceptable in any employer situation. If you had gone to the EEOC or you had gone to any of the places where you could talk about labor law, I mean, that would have been an exposure, yeah. right? Yeah. An exposure and, and not acceptable. And of course, now we have a little more awareness of what's going on and people are a little more Uh, willing to entertain the idea, and I mean that a little more willing, um, because it's still going on. If anybody follows the Facebook feed, you're going to see that there's abuse all over the place. And even though we think we're aware and we're above abuse, we're not. We're not above hurting each other. We're not above violence. You know, I was writing a piece this morning on violence and, and the actual definition of violence. And I looked it up in the Cambridge Dictionary, And it was just so very clear. It says actions are words that are intended to hurt people. Mm. That's violence. So you're talking about workplace violence. You know, if anybody puts workplace violence in, they'll find I've written articles with that keyword so you can find them. But an intention to hurt someone. And you're talking about a person who had hijackal tendencies. You know, that's my word for difficult, um, toxic people, because he, he wanted power over you. He wanted to be able to consistently demonstrate power over you. Oh. And that's an intention to hurt. So you, there was violence in that situation. And I don't want any of us to shy away from using that word. You know, we shy away from calling it abuse. We shy away from calling it violence, but it is, it's personal violence. If you have an, a, tenets, a tendency or a desire or an intention to hurt someone else, you are abusive. Mm-hmm. And that is extremely clear. We need to be able to talk about that. And you are violent because you have that. And it's being downplayed. I don't know if you know this, Christy, but in April of this year, the administration that we currently have, very quietly behind the scenes, rewrote the definition of domestic violence federally. And there had been so many years that went into the last administration being able to say that that violence, uh, domestic violence included economic violence, emotional violence, coercive control, financial violence, you know, all of that. And now it's gone back and been rewritten to only talk about physical harm. Mm. 
which is not fair. It's not fair. It's very retrograde. It is very dismissive. It's saying that, okay, you have no bruises. It didn't happen. And that is inappropriate. I mean, the bruises that you have emotionally from going through that, I bet still have tender spots. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't recover because when you feel like you did all the things right and still no one had your back. And I I asked him, I was like, what's in this for me? Seriously. Like, what do I have to gain by telling you I can't handle the situation? Nothing. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to get a raise or a promotion. It's not going to magically disappear. I have nothing to gain. So ask yourself why you're, why you're devaluing me. Like, why are you, it was, it was not good. Not good. Well, it was beyond not good because not only it was toxic, but it was wrong. It was irrational. It was self-serving. It was ego-based. It was a CEO who didn't want to handle something, who money was more important than people. I mean, there's a whole myriad of things that were going on there that were just screaming wrong. And people experience that. I think so, quite a bit, honestly. And it's, it's frustrating that it's still happening. And I think that quite a few of the perpetrators don't see themselves this way. They don't recognize, I mean, it's almost sociopathic. And that sounds really mean. Honestly, coming out of my mouth, I can't believe I'm using that word to describe people I know. But it's, they, they're not doing it to hurt you. They do it because there's something broken inside of them that the only way they can repair themselves and feel better or bigger, stronger, more powerful, whatever it is, whatever they're missing, um, is to debase others. And they don't do it in a very, in a plain view sense. Often it's undertones, you know? Absolutely. But I, you know, I would certainly question whether or not they do it on purpose and they know they're doing (laughs) it because they definitely do. I mean, they get up in the morning with the notion of who can I dominate today? What can I get away with? And that is the mindset. And it is sick. Um, And don't be afraid of using a psychopathic as an adjective. It's not a diagnosis. You're not diagnosing the person. I hope nobody does. I mean, the whole reason I created the term hijackles and trademarked it was too many people, in my opinion, were going to the internet and saying, my partner, my boss, my mother, my brother behaves this way. And then they mistook the internet for a mental health professional and came back with clinical words. And so, yeah, we can't say that somebody is a narcissist or is a sociopath. I mean, certainly in my profession, I can. But well, yes, you have, you have the credentials. I don't. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is that there is nothing wrong with using it as an adjective. That behavior seems sociopathic. Of course it does. A sociopath, just like a narcissist or a psychopath, has no conscience, has no empathy. I mean, a psychopath is far less conscious than anyone else. I mean, a a narcissist tries to get away with things and every now and again they have to divert from their course because they got caught and they're a little embarrassed. But, you know, the, the worst in the situation is the psychopath who really doesn't care. But... 
anybody who has these tendencies, these hijackal tendencies, is in it for number one. They want what they want when they want it. And they want you to give it to them. And you're wrong if you don't. And they will persist. Yeah. So what you're describing here is a man because he was a man. So anybody who's going to jump all over it and say, why is it gender specific? We're talking about Christie's story here. It was a man who saw an attractive woman who he was paying their firm to have certain things done for him. And he felt that it came with perks such as he could put his hands on you. Yes. Yeah. And he may very well have known the CEO and had a wink, wink, nudge, nudge uh, relationship with him. I know he did. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there we have it that it's like, okay, I know he's a slime bucket, but he's got mucho dollars and his pockets are deep. So we're going to keep him happy. And you know what, Christy, that's your job. Yeah. And so when you come to me and tell me that what I already know that he is a slime bucket, <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised, but because I also am a bit of a slime bucket, I'm going to blame you too, because that's what they do. They blame the victim. Yeah. And and that's what I'm standing up against. And it took me 15, 16 years to get to this point. Great. But I'm, I'm not turning back. It's really, it, it's not completely altruistic. And I have to always admit that because it's been a very healing part of my recovery from this trauma mm -hmm. um, to be able to stand up and say, this happened. This was never okay. I allowed it to be temporarily okay to survive it. But now I'm standing up for others because it shouldn't happen ever to anyone, period. Mm -hmm. Gender aside, it doesn't matter. And I'm standing right there beside you, girl. <laughs> that that has to become clear. So let's give people the pathway. Yeah. You left. And you got out of the situation. What did you do to heal? What did you have to say to yourself? What action did you take? How long did it take? Give people an idea because you are a successful entrepreneur now. And it hasn't held you back. But there were moments that you probably had big second thoughts. Absolutely. You know, um, how did you do it? We, I'm not super evolved as a human. It took me a lot longer than it should have. And that's, that's the honest truth. So if anyone is facing a situation and they feel like it's taking them too long to handle it, I don't want them to feel like they're doing anything wrong for themselves either. You process when you can, you process on your own timetable and there is no set. You do it within six months. No, it takes forever. It wasn't until I was 41 years old that I finally saw a trauma therapist for all of these years of going through this situation yeah. and others similar to it. Um, it took a long time before I stood up and said, enough is enough. I'm, I'm done. I'm sick and tired of somebody devaluing my worth for me. Because if I'm allowing it, I'm my own worst enemy, of course. But I'm just not going to allow myself to be in those situations anymore. So it took me a really long time and several career changes um, over the course of the next decade before I finally just branched out and started standing on my own. And it's wonderful because now if, if a client doesn't treat me with the respect that I deserve as a human, <laughs> Bye -bye. I can say, you know what? 
you're not worth it. Thanks. Have a great day. There's someone else that'll take your business, I'm sure. Well, the whole idea of having boundaries and actually believing in them strongly enough to set them and reinforce them and maintain them and consequences if they're broached is a long journey. And I'm glad that you said what you said because there is no should and there's no should in the time frame. There is there is nothing when when you've had that situation, usually somewhere in our past we have had some kind of conditioning that allowed us to think, well, you know, should I stand up? Is it right to stand up? What if I do stand up? Will I stand out if I stand up? Would that be okay? I mean, all the things you said at the beginning of the interview that went through your head when you had to approach the CEO. But when we begin to heal, there is no time frame except this one. Be continually healing. Because what I find with clients that are successful is they stuck with the process. They didn't let life intervene. They made it a priority. Yes, life is going along, but instead of taking ballroom dancing for the next year, I am going to make a priority to make myself strong and expunge the pain from having this trauma. That's going to be my priority. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a project <laughs> and I'm worth it. Because just learning about ourselves, we can then evolve that word that you used. We can grow into ourselves in the most positive way possible and live our best lives. But there is no time frame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what you said is really, really beautiful. And I hope that people hear that. And if they're needing to hear it, they really take it in and digest it. Because it is very powerful statements that you just made. And... I, and I appreciate the way that you positioned it because that spoke to the healing process that I'm still going through. And you're never over it. It never leaves you. You heal with it, but not from it. Does, and that's my personal experience, and I'm not a doctor, again, <laughs> but that's my personal experience. Is it's something that put, pushes me forward to help other people, but it'll never go away. It'll never be a distant memory. But, and I'm okay with that because it's created something really beautiful that's impacted lives across the country. And that makes it worth it for me because I learned something and I did something. Oh, yes. Yeah, well said. It is important to put yourself in a place that says you're important. And sometimes we don't do that. We make other people more important. People who are raised by hijackals will become hijackal bait in a heartbeat. And it's familiar to them. So breaking that cycle, saying, it's not okay with me, and I don't want it to be okay with me on any level. I'm going to do what I need to do to expunge that notion that I don't deserve to be treated with love, respect, honesty, and trust. And I am a reliable human being and I want to be seen as that. And anybody who doesn't do that needs to be elsewhere in somebody else's life, not mine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, as you were saying in that early job, you couldn't make economic sense of walking out of it. It was just at that time in your life that happens to people. 
I have lots of clients who would really like to leave their situation because they're with a hijackal, but they have children of varying ages or the hijackal has all control of the finances and we have to work it through. We have to go through slowly and we have to do what I call uh, plan and prepare, plan and prepare, plan, prepare, practice, you know, get new skills, get new mindset, get new ways of interacting with the hijackal. And then in that, begin to prepare for your exit, if that's what you're going to do, or prepare for the next stage of your life. So as you healed, what did you find happened in your willingness to start your own business? Because it sounds like that really became a, a wonderful result for you. Yeah. So I had actually started this business back when I left that company in 2009, but um, I was working on my master's at the time and the work was crazy and the school was crazy and I just had to give up one for the other. And um, so once I left there, I, I focused on the school, started the company did a little stuff here and there, was offered an opportunity, went full-time back to corporate America for the next seven, eight years, um, re-engaged in 2017, had a client that was very disrespectful. <laughs> now, 40-year-old Christy, for, soon to be 41, was no longer okay with this. And I was going through trauma therapy at the time. And it was making me realize that I have put up with other people's crap. I hope that's not a bad word on this show for way too long. And my, my, my canister was full and I was done carrying it around. So I dropped it and eliminated that client and went out and completely did my own thing and started the foundation and haven't looked back, but that's been just the past three years. Let's take away just from that statement. That's <laughs> been the last three years. That's a long time. That's a long time to feel healthier, a long time to feel clearer, more confident, more able to set boundaries, more able to say, oh, no, that's not happening on my watch. Let me be very clear about that. <laughs> it was crystal, crystal clear. There was a, no debate. <laughs> good, good, good. So if you're listening, I'm talking to Christine Lawler, and if you're listening and hearing things that, oh, golly, I relate to that, um, Christy's not an expert in this field. She's had this experience. But if you are looking for her services and you want someone who understands you, then you can tell from this time together that she understands where you may need help. So what's, what's the, the focus of the company that you have now? So my company is a marketing consulting agency. So our specialty, our niche is all things food and beverage. Most of our clients are in the national uh, restaurant or entertainment space. And, but we do a little bit of everything. We're working in healthcare now. We're working, <laughs> we've worked in all capacities. So that's really, really cool. And I work to pretty much support the foundation so we can do the marketing stuff and then I can help your people. I do a lot of cultural, internal cultural development yeah. stuff as well, because obviously from my personal experience, I've learned very acutely how to treat people, 
<laughs> and how not to let them treat you too. Exactly. And how to, how to turn your workforce into brand ambassadors for the company oh, and right. create, create that family, that safety, that closeness where even if they're offered a better paying job, they're not going to leave because they're not going to find a better environment, a more healthy environment. And that's what we promote is healthy environments, allowing people to flourish on their terms, not someone else's. I love that. And you know what's really delightful about your story, Christy, is that you turned the things that happened to you into fertilizer to grow something so much better than what you had seen. And I think that when people do that, we get this sense of commitment to it as a cause. So I'm not surprised you have a nonprofit arm (laughs) because it's important for us to say, hey, humanity, there's a better way. Hey, there are humans here. And you know what? We're all human. Let's treat each other in that way. In a podcast, probably three or four weeks ago now, I just spoke about the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, Christy. And I talk about that all the time. And someone said to me, you've never done a podcast about that. And I thought, okay, a half hour of clarity on this would be really worthwhile. So it's called the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. And it includes the workplace. If you don't have equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, you got very little. You may have a paycheck, but you don't have a place you want to go every day. Yeah. And I wrote a book, oh, I know, 2007, I think, called Wrestling Rhinos, Conquering Conflict in the Wilds of Work. And a lot of companies gave copies to all of their people because they needed that. They needed to have a book that said, here's what to do now. And healthy companies will thrive. And people may say, oh, but, you know, you reject somebody like you did. That's healthy. And you will find that you'll get two better clients than the one that you said bye-bye to. And that person's going to bounce from person to person until they found someone who is willing to be victimized and needs the money. And they will dance all over them. And it will be nasty. But you're free of that, which is great. And you know how to recognize it. So you can tell your clients how to recognize it and not allow it into their culture. I love that, Christy. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you said that because I, that before, when I was making this decision and I was just washing my hands of it, one of his employees called me and was like, listen, he's never going to stop talking to you that way. He used to make me cry almost every day. He's gotten a lot better. If you can handle it, great, stay. But if you can't, if you're just never going to get over the way he talks to people and the way he treats you and the way he micromanages you, girl, you, yeah, it's never going to change. I'm not going to even lie to you. She's like, I put up with it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that is her choice. She is making a conscious decision. And I, she wasn't asking for help or to be saved. That was her decision. She was helping me make mine. And I appreciate that level of transparency and authenticity and honesty. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you hung up that phone and said, okay, (laughs) bring it on. I'm out of here. Um, Like I'm definitely making the right decision. I know this. 
real clarity. And it, you know, we were just laughing there for a second and it's not really shadow laughter. We're not, we're not laughing at the pain. We're, we're laughing at the time frame, laughing at the uh, wake up moment. You know, it's kind of laugh of delight, laugh of joy, laugh of recognition. Don't exactly. think for one minute we're laughing at the pain because we're not. But I love what you're doing. I love what people can learn from you and everyone. It's in the show notes, but go to cjlconsults.com. Christy J. Lawler, that stands for. <laughs> but cjlconsults.com. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Christy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me and giving me a platform to tell it so that hopefully if I can help just one more person feel normal and not crazy and save their sanity, maybe it was worth it, right? It absolutely is. You know, that old starfish story. Um, yeah, the one you throw back in the ocean is grateful, even if you couldn't throw them all back. And it's, it's so important to have a value-based thing that you do, something that you stand up for, something you stand um, clearly as a boundary for or help people create a boundary. And it gives you a real reason to get up in the morning. You know, people ask me, why do I do what I do? Which is, of course, seeing the partners, exes, adult children, siblings of toxic people. And the reason is, of course, I've been through it. I have had all of that in my life. And then, you know, I've used my education and my expertise to help other people. But I do it every day because it still flips my skirt and floats my boat. You know, <laughs> I, I want to get up in the morning and do it. And I hear that in you too. Like, okay, I found what it is that does that. Mm -hmm. I found my purpose. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks. My guest today is Christy Lawler. You find her at cjlconsults.com. It's in the show notes. If you happen to be driving, don't worry about it. There's show notes there that tell you how to contact Christy, how to contact me, all about Christy and where you can find her. Now, you know what I'm going to say because I end every podcast this way. So you can say it with me. I matter. I'm precious and I'm going to treat myself that way every day. And I hope you do. And we'll talk again soon. Take good care. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that. And so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.